So uh, you can, if you will, open up to Genesis 2. Uh, Genesis 2. We're going to be in Genesis 1 and 2, but, but where we're going to be the next few weeks is jumping off from Genesis 2.15. And one of the things that I, I feel like the Lord is doing right now is, is he has been, um, he's been speaking to me about going back to the garden is, is the phrase that I have gotten. And, and I believe the Lord is calling us to this. Like in this time where, where it seems like, you know, everything's kind of came, come screeching to a halt, I, I, I believe the Lord is using this to just really call us back to a life of simplicity and, and, and to call us into a life of intimacy and, and really call us into a life of, um, of, of ruling and reigning or a word that makes some people's skin crawl, and I just think it's biblical, is dominion. And so, uh, so anyway, so anyway, is all good? I see some scurrying around. Praise the Lord. Do I need to speak up? We good? Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. I'm good? Okay. Okay. All right. So, Mulligan, take two. <laughs> the Lord's calling us back to a garden lifestyle, <laughs> to a life of simplicity, to a life of intimacy, and to a life of dominion, ruling and reigning here on the earth. And, and, and he's, using, he's using this time to bring us back to that place. And, 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 and what, I, what I found is, I, I have found that even in my own life, I, I, have, I have much more time than I thought I had, and yet I feel like I'm doing more than I did beforehand. Yeah. And, and a lot of it is I'm not driving, I'm not doing a lot of those things, but I, I feel like it's like some things I've just like, some things have been taken away from my life, but other things, I'm like, I really don't need that. That's not important. And the Lord's really simplifying my life. And, and I don't know. I, I say I don't know. I know some of it is rooted in that, like, like we're in this season of church. We're in this season with, with in, even in our own family where, my, you know, April's, she's pregnant. Everyone knows that. She's expecting. And so, like, we're starting to think and ask these questions like, what do we really want from life? And what does the Lord want from us during this life? And, and, and it's just like a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff that we, we early on felt that we wanted out of life, we, we just no longer really care about. And, and it's because of this process of simplification, if you will. And so I think the Lord's just going to take us on this journey this week. This, this week will probably be more of a synopsis of everything we're going to cover. And then we're just going to go really deep into this. All right. So Genesis 2, verse 15 says this, Then the Lord took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. Let me read it again. Then the Lord took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden and cultivate it and keep it. Now there's something called in the Word. Now I believe that the Garden of Eden pre-fall Adam represents what the Lord had in mind for us. And I believe that he's working everything out to restore us back to what was happening in the garden. Now, we all may not be, we all may not be walking around naked, right? That's, that's, I, I hope that God no one else does that. 
<laughs> do that in the comfort of your own homes, but, but, but not, not out and about. But with that being said, I think the Lord wants to take us back to those truths. And so much, really most of my Christian life, when we talk about Adam and Eve, we talk about where they sinned and they fell. And, and no one ever talks about what it was like before they sinned and before they fell. And, and I think that if we could go, to, go back to what he was trying to do to, in the beginning, it could actually, actually give us a picture of what he wants to do from this day forward. So he says, God put. It means that God laid man down. It meant that God actually deposited man into this garden. He's like, this is going to be a good seed that I'm going to sow into the earth, and it's going to bring forth fruit to multiplication. He, he deposited us into the garden. It, it, it means that, that it, it actually means like it comes from this root word of rest, where we just saying, come rest on us. But the Lord desires us to live with a mindset and a posture of rest, not frantic and stress and strife. We talk about this all the time, all the time. I feel like we ought to be really equipped for what's going on right now because all we talk about is hosting the Lord's presence, being intimate with Him, and resting in Him, right? And everything in the news and everything on TV and everything in social media desires to get you out of that posture of rest because if you're out of rest, you're starting to do things under your own strength. But if you can stay in rest, which is a posture of trust, the Lord God Almighty fights for you and takes care of things for you. And so he's asking us to begin to rest. And so the Lord, he places man in rest in the garden. Garden literally means fenced in or enclosed place. I think it's a picture of Psalm 91 in the shadow of his wings. It's this enclosed area that he placed man in. And, and, and Eden means the place of paradise. Well, what does that even look like? I don't know, but I bet it's pretty stinking awesome, right? <laughs> it's just it's like whatever you can think, I'm sure it's better than that. And, and then he, he puts them in this place of paradise to cultivate, which means to work and to serve. Now, I recognize that after the fall, the Lord said you're going to have to work the land. But, but, but before that, the Lord still wanted us to be good stewards and to watch and to take care of and, and things of that nature. To, to, to see things accomplished would be another word for cultivate. And, and, and to, to cultivate and to keep it. I know that's a lot of definitions, and we'll break some of these down in the next few weeks. I just want to get them out. Because I believe, again, it gives a prophetic picture of what the Lord's calling us to do right here and right now. The last thing the Lord says that He places me in the garden to do is to keep it. Keep means to watch it, to guard it, to protect it, and to care for. To watch, to guard, to protect, and to care for. Now, so, so, so the Lord, He placed Adam and Eve, like the Lord could have guarded the garden, but he asked Adam and Eve to watch over it and to guard it and to take care of it. Why? Because I, there's lots of reasons, and we'll go over these, but, but, but one is the Lord wants image bearers here on the earth. And so the Lord, He trusts us in His image to rule and reign and to steward the way that He would as if He were here in the flesh. Which, by the way, He did come in the flesh in the person of Christ Jesus. And then He sent His Spirit to live inside of us so that we can do this stuff as the way that He would. All right? So He's making all things new in this hour. And not just this hour. 
like ever since the fall of man, he's been working out his plan to bring everything back to this point in time because this is what he designed us to do. So since the fall of man, he's been looking to restore that which was lost. That's Luke 19.10, which says this, For the Son of Man, which would be Jesus, came to seek, came, I'm sorry, came to seek and save. It doesn't say who was lost. The right reading says that which was lost. Now, he wants to save lost people, obviously. But he's talking about everything, all of creation. He wants it to be restored back to his original plan and his original intention. So he came to seek and save that which was lost. And, and so then Acts 3.21, and we'll give several verses here. Acts 3.21 says this, Whom, talking about Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things. Heaven must receive Jesus until the restoration of all things about which God spoke by the mouth of His holy prophets from the ancient time. So until there's the restoration of all things, which they're talking about what the Lord started in the beginning, he, he, he's, I'm going to, this may bother some with eschatology, but he, he's not, he's, he's waiting for the restoration of all things before he comes back. Now that could happen like that and it could take a long time. I don't know. I'm just saying we ought to work on getting things restored. Okay, so, 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 so those that say stuff like this, I'm, just, I'm already down this road, so we're just going to go with it. Those that say stuff like this, I just wish he would come back because it's really bad right here and right now. Do you realize you're asking him to do something that he said he did not want to do? Because everything has not been restored yet. So it's like, go ahead and break your word to make it easier for me. That's not what he's going to do. He's going, he wants to see the restoration. It's like, well, maybe the Great Commission applied to every generation except for me. Can you make an exception? Like, you know, we, we, like, like seriously, we say stuff like this because we don't want to take responsibility. But from the very get-go, he placed man in the garden in a position of responsibility. And we need to see this restoration. We need to see restoration in families, in the home. I actually think the Lord's giving us an opportunity to see restoration in our homes right here and right now because y'all are forced to hang out with each other much more than you probably have been, right? He, we're seeing restoration. I believe we're starting to see restoration in the government. I believe we're starting to see restoration in, 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 among relationships. We're starting to re see restoration. I saw a picture of India just recently. And, and like... I saw a picture and it showed like pre-COVID-19, and I'm not saying COVID-19 was the Lord's will because I don't believe that, but I do believe He works all things together for the good, all right? So pre-COVID-19, pre there was all this smog and stuff all over the major cities of India, and they just showed another picture and it showed all the smog was going away and flowers were starting to bloom. So, so I think maybe that's the Lord bringing restoration to all things. Oh, then Romans 8 says this, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, for, for creation, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself would be set free from the slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. So, so, so in other words, all of creation was subjected to futility, which means not ever measuring up. It's not ever reached its full potential because of the sin of Adam and Eve. 
because of the sin of Adam and Eve. And so it's this, it's this picture of, like, again, so, so first of all, I know this, too, because I know people. Some are like, well, are you saying we need to be? First of all, let me say, you've heard me say this if you're here. I'm, I'm, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm an independent. So there you go. <laughs> it's just, it is what it is. But to say that it's the left or the Democrats thing to take care of this planet that the Lord put us on is wrong. Okay, because all of creation is subjected to futility. So like I started thinking about this week, like what would it look like? What would it look like if the trees in my house reached their full potential because the Lord brought restoration to all things? <laughs> what, would, what would the river look like if it reaches full potential? All I'm saying is this, is that the Lord from the get-go has been, been, been wanting to bring things back to his original intention. Now, now that was all of that stuff. But the main thing, I say the main thing, I think this is the ultimate thing in life is what he desires us to bring us to is what happened in Genesis 3. And it's just alluded to briefly right before they fell that the Lord came to walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. That's a picture of walking in an intimate personal relationship with him. The creator of the universe is like, we got our walk date, right? I mean, like seriously, we, 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 were, we talk about all the time here. I say talk about, most of you guys really make fun of me because I walk with April and she walks miles and miles and miles and she's always like five or six feet in front of me. This was even before social distancing. And so it looked like you had this skinny, pretty little blonde lady like running, walking really fast and this fat, chubby, bearded guy chasing her down. <laughs> so like I'm always afraid someone's, I'm always afraid someone's going to be like, ma'am, are you okay? <laughs> you <know? laughs> but the Lord, the Lord, he desires, we, we actually, we do, we do talk when she's in front of me. But anyway, the Lord, he desires for us to walk with him and enjoy that walk. That's what he wants to bring us back to. And, and I, I think, I don't know, I, I, I don't think I'm saying t- going too far. <laughs> I don't think I'm going too far when I say that I've been to many places and I've been to many churches where I wondered when the last time Jesus was actually there among them walking. And, and the Lord, I, I think he's teaching us because we have this, what we're doing is important. This corporate gathering, I'm, I'm, I miss it. But what the Lord is doing in our homes is of the same importance. And so if we don't learn to walk with him, this here suffers. This here suffers. Like, and it's, 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 I've seen it time and time again. And, but but if, if home is going well, this thing does really, really well. This thing thrives. This is when someone that doesn't know the Lord comes in and they get radically saved. Or this is when someone comes in and they're sick. They get healed without anyone laying hands or praying for them because of what happens when we're alone. And the Lord, he's calling us back to this garden lifestyle where we start walking with him in the cool of the day, day in and day out. And, and, I, and I, I've said stuff like this a lot. I, I, I just think this is the point of the gospel. This is why Jesus came, so that we could walk with him. 
and, and nothing in between us. This is why the Lord, when he was looking for them, and first of all, the Lord's like, where are you? Obviously, the Lord knew where they were, but where are you? And, and they knew that they had sinned. They knew they had eaten of the wrong tree, and they covered themselves up with fig leaves to expose or to hide their nakedness from them. And the Lord is desiring us to get to this place where we walk before him with nothing standing between him and us ever again. That's how we're going to see revival. So Song of Songs 2.10 says this, My beloved responded and said to me, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come along. This is the invitation to come along with the Lord. He, he's, he's not saying, run out ahead, and I'm going to catch up with y'all later. Like He's not saying that. I'll meet up with you guys in a little bit, right? He's saying, come along with me. And that, that, is, that is the invitation. And if you don't think you need to go along with him, he starts that verse off, or he starts that sentence off, he goes, my beloved and my darling. So he already thinks you're pretty stinking special, right? You're, like it's not just your mama and it's not just your significant other. The Lord says, my beloved, my darling, come along with me. And that is the invitation. And, and this is the thing. We, we typically, we answer that invitation to begin with in that we we answer the promptings of the Holy Spirit we give our life to him and then we're like well I, I've been there done that that's it and it's like no it, he invites you into a lifelong journey that's why like like weddings are not done or marriages are not done at the moment that they say I do that's just the beginning and then it's a lifetime of walking with someone and the Lord says would you come along with me because I want to go on a journey with you I want you to get to know my heart I want you to get to know my character I want you to know my every facet of my face and I want to get to know you as well which he already knows you because he knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb <laughs> So it's like, where, where are we headed? Like, like and I've, I've given a few prophetic words. I, I, think, I think Sunday morning Christianity is, is becoming extinct. I pray to God that it does. I pray to God that it's like, like there, there, is no, there is no difference between how I worship Jesus on Sunday mornings as there is on Monday mornings when I wake up. Like, that's what I'm praying for in the bride of Christ. But it's like, where are we going? Where are we headed? Like, I, I really don't know other than he's making all things new. What's it going to look like? Don't know. I just know he's going to be there. <laughs> and I know that he's inviting us into more than we are already walking in or experiencing currently. He's, he's, he's doing this thing. I think it's, it's almost like for some, for some, this has been easier than others. In, in this time, and, and some have taken to it like fish and water, and some, some of you just really struggled, and, and, and I don't understand that, and I'm not going to really speak to that, but I, but I will say this. Hosea 2, 14 says this, Therefore, and, and I've taught this one here before, but therefore, beloved, or therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her to the wilderness and speak kindly to her. Hosea takes his bride, who is basically a prostitute and always finds lesser lovers and actually procreates with them. And Hosea takes her and takes her out to the wilderness. He allures her. He speaks kindly to her. And he begins to brag about himself to his wife to convince her of his goodness and kindness and, 
and how he's going to take care of her and how he's going to provide for her. And it's this prophetic picture of what the Lord wants to do with this church. That sometimes we go through these times of, of wilderness and sometimes we go through these seasons where it's like, I just don't know what's going on. And the Lord wants to sweep you away and go. I think the one thing I could equate it to is, is this. Those that have significant others, it would be like taking your spouse and saying, we're going to go get a good getaway weekend. Sometimes the Lord takes us into this wilderness and says, I'm going to speak kindly to you. I just want to have you to myself, and I want to reconvince you of everything that you said you thought that you knew and everything that you believed. So that way, when you start going through these difficult seasons, that way when we go through times where we can't rely on the things that we've always relied on, we're going to know that he's still good. We're going to know that he's still kind. We're going to know that he's still trustworthy. We're, going to know, we're, we're just going to know it. We, we, we just, just are. So he takes her, and, and she becomes so convinced. That, that one of my other favorite verses, Song of Songs 8, I can't remember if it's 8, 4, 8, 5, but it says, Who is this coming up out of the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? And it's this picture of us getting in that posture of perfect trust. And I picture Adam and Eve walking in the garden with the Lord, leaning upon him, trusting him, because they didn't know any better other than to trust him until they were deceived. And so, so the Lord's bringing us back to this. So here's, here's the next thing, uh, the next big thing that we never talk about. <laughs> we never talk about because it means we'd have to accept responsibility. And in the garden is where we learn how to rule and reign. Genesis 1.26, the original Great Commission then God said, let us make man in our image, referring to the Trinity. Let us make God in our image and to our likeness. And let him rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. The image of God, he created them. Male and female, both, he created them. Verse 28, God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God's original intent was for his people to rule and reign in the garden and, and not only rule and reign in the garden, but he says be fruitful and multiply, which is a picture of the garden expanding in size and territory, which sounds really, really close to what Jesus said in Matthew 28, right? Which, which therefore go and make disciples of the nations, baptize the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything I've taught you, and lo, I'm with you to the very end of the age. The Lord, his, his original intent was us for, for us, to, or men, to men and women, to govern the garden, to see that the boundaries increased over time. Now, I want you to, I want you to picture this. Adam and Eve, I'm going to just read it because that way I don't stutter through this line. Adam and Eve were, were not tasked, they were not tasked with not losing the garden. It was like, in other words, they were said, the Lord didn't say, I'm placing you in this place, don't mess it up. That's not what the Lord did. And, and a picture would be like, don't lose what you have. That's not what the Lord did. He actually placed them in that place. 
so that they would increase what they had. So, so for us, the picture would be, we've been placed here on the earth. We've been placed in our towns, our cities, these things. Not so we can have good church services. Not so that we can have great social media. Not so that we can have hotter coffee and sweeter donuts to try and attract other people to our church and, and this, that, or the other. We've been called to rule and reign and increase the boundaries of his kingdom. That's what we've been called to do. And so here's this picture of, of really what biblical stewardship looks like. I can, I can feel it. Some of you guys are like, eh, I can feel it. I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just supposed to pray a prayer and go to heaven and just not worry about anything else. Uh-oh, sorry. See... We've been called to tend it, to steward it, to guard it, to protect it, to watch it grow in the same manner that the Lord would. That's, what, that's why they were made in His image. All why we bear His image. Now, so, so, so here's this picture. The Lord, He's calling us. He's calling us to steward this garden. It's like, well, we can't go back to Eden, right? Because, I mean, there's been all kinds of, like, there's all kinds of hypotheses out there. They're like, where is the Garden of Eden? Where was it located? Can we go back? Can we visit? We do all these things. And I would propose this, that it's not so much in a low, because it was a real place. I believe that with all of my heart. It was a real place. But now the Lord takes that same garden that Adam and Eve forfeited, and he places it in your heart. And you've been called to cultivate it. You've been called to steward it. You've been called to see it increase. You've been called to nurture it. You've been called to protect it. And, 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 and that, you can get that from like this. Luke, what is it? Luke 17, 20 through 21. The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed. It won't be, it won't be like the kingdom of heaven, 2.2 miles, take the first right. Like that's not what it says. Right? He says they say won't they won't say, look, here it is, or there it is, for behold, the kingdom of heaven is in your midst, or it's within. And so so I believe the Lord, He takes this garden, He places it inside of you, and that's your most treasured possession. Now, 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 so so if it's within us, then it's our job to steward it. And that's really what we're gonna start talking about the next few weeks, because the Lord, the Lord, this thing again the lord gave us a measure of the kingdom he gave us a seed and it's up to us what we see happen with that thing it is and so so for here like, like i'll say this if the lord begins to work in your heart and your love and the devotion for him grows bigger i promise you that the reach and influence of of your of, uh, of the kingdom of god in your homes and your neighborhood will begin to increase. And I promise you that what the Lord's doing here in the middle of Louisville, Kentucky, that will begin to increase as well. But it all starts with right here. So that's why we can look again at that picture in Genesis 2.15 where he says, he says, he says, then the Lord God took man and put him in a garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. So whatever the Lord is doing in your heart, we want to guard it, cultivate it, keep it, like I just said. But this is also why the Lord said in Proverbs 4.23, he, he, he says this, Watch over your heart with diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Watch over your heart, watch over your garden. 
The phrase watch, it means to guard the secret places. What we're guarding now is things that cannot be seen, but once you guard it, you will see the manifestation of what you're taking care of here on the earth. Guard the secret places. It, 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 it means a place below ground, a, a place that's hidden, mysterious in nature, with the focus as a dwelling place. So if we steward the dwelling place of the Lord God Almighty, we'll actually begin to see revival is what this is saying. Because out of that heart, if I guard that, flows the springs of life. The word heart, it, it means heart, but it also means the interior life. It's, it's the place where, you're, where, where, where your mind and your will and your emotions come from. It's, it's the Lord saying, if you will guard that, then He'll begin to, to move mightily. And, and I think again, I think this is a picture of John 7, 37, 38, where Jesus says, Is any among you thirsty? Let him come a drink, right? And then he says, Then out of your bellies, out of your innermost being, out of your heart will flow rivers, plural, of living water. Rivers of living water. Here's what's fascinating. And I am not a scientist. I actually, at one point in my college life, I was a nursing major. And I could not, I failed biology. <laughs> like literally, liter literally just was terrible. I had to take so many classes to bump it off my transcript is what I ended up doing. That way it didn't hurt my GPA. But I do know this, that in your heart, there's four chambers. There's four chambers to your heart. And I know this, that in the Garden of Eden, there were four rivers mentioned. Maybe, maybe, in John 7, 38, when the Lord says rivers of living water will flow from your innermost being. I'm not saying this is true. I'm just saying it's fun to sure think about. Maybe the rivers that are flowing out are a prophetic picture of the original four rivers that flowed out of that garden. And if you steward that and keep that well, it'll start to bring forth transformation to the world around you. That's what's happening in Ezekiel 47 that there's this river flowing out from the temple. And at first it starts as a trickle and then it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. So what if I grow deeper in intimacy with Jesus and that trickle that I have begins to grow deeper and deeper and deeper and begins to bring life to everything it touches because that's what's going on in Ezekiel 47. I'm like all over the place today with lots of scripture. I get it. I'm just saying the Lord's wanting us to come back to that place. Come back to that place. Now those springs of life that flow out of you, don't scoff if they start out as a trickle. I think that trickle is every bit as important as the deluge. But you'll never get to the flood or the deluge if you don't value what he's starting to do right now. So, I'm just going to pray. We'll go deeper in this. This was like, like seriously, this is probably like, I, I feel like this, I didn't even get to, to preach today. I feel like this is just an introduction. <laughs> it's like, here's the overview, and now we're going to go deeper in this thing. been given that Lord placed man in a garden new covenant he places the garden within you 
And it's up to us what we do with it. It's up to us to grow grow it, steward it, see it increase. Because as it increases, it brings the restoration of everything. It it brings things back into the original intention. It it just uh, it's just a beautiful picture. I'm just gonna pray. So Lord, I uh, I thank you. I bless you. I would pray, Lord, that you. I would pray that you would help us to begin to steward the garden that you've placed within our hearts. I pray, Lord, that we would begin to walk in intimacy and simplicity again, Lord. And, and, and out of that, Lord, I, I pray that you would help us to begin to, to take our rightful seats here on the earth, Lord, that we would go and, and multiply your image here on the earth. Because again, this ruling and reigning, it has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with making our name famous. It has everything to do with multiplying the Lord's image here on the earth. That's all it is. That's all it is. He wants to see himself in each and every person that's on the planet. He wants to see his glory through all of creation. And so we would ask today, God, that you help us to do it. I I realize, Lord, that I, I don't really have a full understanding of this. I just know it's what your word says, and I know it to be true. And so I would say, Lord, let uh, let, let us guard it. Let us guard our hearts. Let us steward our hearts. Let us see these rivers flow from them, Lord. I just, I just thank you today, Jesus. Hmm. I just thank you. I would pray for those at home that they grow closer and grow closer to you during this time. I would pray, Lord, that you give them a greater hunger for the things of the kingdom. I would pray, Lord, that you would remove any and all distractions, Lord. And then I would pray, Lord, that you would help us to start to get a burden for what you have designed us for. You have not designed us just to squeak by. You have not designed us just to get by. But you have designed us to walk with you and to govern as you, Lord. And so, Lord, I thank you and I bless you. It's in your name we pray this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you.